Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi, and you're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. It is the last week of the year, so it's time to do a recap of the top three episodes. Now, this year, I was not so surprised at the episodes that came out to be the most popular. Some years I am. I have got a lot of feedback on all three of these episodes. So if you have not listened to them, make sure you do so. If you have listened to them, listen to them again. Also, don't forget, I now have a members podcast where I am answering your questions that you can submit on your specific situations. I'm telling a lot more of my story. I'm doing a lot more um, in-depth tips on healing and tips on dealing because the membership podcast allows me to be a lot more transparent. Also in the upcoming weeks, keep on the lookout for the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, We're In It Together community. This is going to be a community that is focused on my program, face-to-face contact with me, and leading you to a place where you are able to answer the questions about the decisions that you need to make that are right for you. This is going to be a group coaching type setup where some of it is online and it is going to be at a very, very affordable price for those who have wanted to work with me and for one reason or another have not been able to make that happen. Now, on to the top three podcasts of 2022. Coming in at number three is the episode number 152, Forward to Your Support Systems. This is an episode that I recorded so that your support system can better understand the position you are in when you are in an emotionally abusive relationship. As you know, it is hard to find people that get it. So if you have people that are are trying to support you that have never experienced it, this is a great episode for them to listen to. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi, and you're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. For those of you who don't know, I do one-on-one coaching with people who are in toxic relationships presently that are needing to learn more about their situation. I do one-on-one sessions with people who are needing an exit plan and want to be safe in doing so and wanting to know what steps to take first. I work with people who are going through a divorce process with a toxic personality. That can be a very, very stressful time. You feel like you're moving forward, but the process holds you back. I also work with people who have lost themselves within toxic relationships and need a little bit of self-discovery. I also work with other dynamic relationships such as unhealthy friendships, unhealthy coworker situations, and the difficult, what if my family is toxic type situations. So for those of you who don't know that, that I do that, and you are sitting in a place where you feel like you need a change, you can visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and um, get a hold of me there and you can figure out which option would be the best for you. Today, I want to talk about um, something from a little bit different perspective. Okay, we all have people who want to support us in the situation that we're in. But you all know exactly what I mean when I say, but you feel like they don't understand. Okay, the reason that they don't understand is because they have probably not been through it. 
the reason my podcast has become way bigger than I planned and my business has grown faster than I planned is because I have been through it and I can relate to where you are right now in the process. So how do we get those who want to support us to understand what we mean when we say different things and to understand what kind of support we need and to understand what type of struggles we're going through on a day-to-day basis. This podcast episode is going to be one that you can forward to your support system. Okay. You yourselves are going to hear some repetition in it, but what I want to do is I want to try and explain the toxic relationship for those who may not understand it and are wanting to support you. So to our supporters who do really want what's best for us and to those trying to be there for someone who is in an unhealthy relationship, this episode is for you. First of all, thank you. We know that you care about us and we know that you are doing your best in a situation that you don't understand completely and you have been there and you're trying to support us. We also understand that it is very difficult for you to wrap your head around why we don't just leave. You know, why don't we ask for help? Why won't we set boundaries? Why don't we stand up for ourselves? Why don't we take care of ourselves? Why do we allow repetitious bad behavior? Why do we continue to live in something that to you seems so easy to fix or so easy to leave or so easy to remove ourselves from? And why do we talk about things and talk about the behaviors and really ultimately complain about stuff, but then from the way you see it, we do nothing about it. We wear you out. We know we do. I wore out more friends when I was in a toxic marriage because I didn't have anybody else to talk to. They didn't understand it, but I kept talking and they kept listening. So they really feel like they can't be much help because we don't listen to what they say anyway. And then they can't figure out why we won't just listen to what they say. So the first thing I have to tell you is we are grateful that you don't understand. Because if you did understand us completely, that would mean you have experienced it. And we are grateful that you haven't. When I was going through a toxic mess in my life, my sisters did not get it. They had absolutely zero idea what I was living with on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, it hurt my feelings because I felt like they didn't care. And in the end, they just had absolutely no clue what it was all about. Yeah, it was a bad relationship. And, you know, first of all, why did I step into it? Second of all, why am I still there? Third, why why do I keep going back when I finally do leave? And so it was a very difficult time for me because the people who I felt were going to be my biggest supporters didn't get it at all. Now, looking back, I am super grateful that my sisters didn't get it because I am so happy that they 
have not had to experience the same thing that I have experienced. So if you're wanting to learn more about this so you can be better supportive, you still won't 100% get it if you've never experienced it. But what I want to do is I want to kind of lay out some of the basics and then give you a few more resources, which are mostly more of my podcast episodes. If there's things that you feel like you would like to expand your knowledge on so that you can better support the person that you are concerned about who may be in an unhealthy situation. So the first thing I want to talk about is the word toxic. Okay. Toxic is not a diagnosis. Toxic is an adjective that's used to describe any relationship that we are in, in the status that it's in, that may be unhealthy for us physically, mentally, or emotionally. Okay. And toxic relationships can be in any type of relationships. We first immediately think about the inter the intimate relationship or the marriage, but there's also toxic friendships. There's toxic family situations and there's toxic coworker situations. There's toxic social circles. So the toxic relationship is a blanket term. Okay. So what, what makes a person toxic? Someone who is toxic to somebody may not be toxic to somebody else. And there's a few different reasons why that comes into play. Now, toxicity also can be on a scale from anywhere from very mild all the way up to the extremely type toxic abusers that, that I help people escape from. But regardless of the level of toxicity, most toxic people are driven by the same thing. Okay. We condition ourselves to pay attention to their behavior. They said this, they do this. How can they be so mean? Why don't they just act normal? We, we watch their behavior. And what I learned and what I teach is we have to understand what drives that behavior, what is motivating them, because it makes everything much, much clearer if you see it from a different perspective. And the one thing that drives the toxic personality is insecurity in themselves. Okay. Because they're insecure in themselves, they need certain things in their life so that they feel secure. Okay. We know that when we feel most secure in our life, it's, it's when we are happy with the effort that we've put into our life. We feel proud. We feel rewarded. We feel, you know, accomplished. That makes us feel secure in our life. The toxic personality cannot do that. It doesn't matter how much they put into their own life, their own achievements, their own accomplishments. They can't put enough into their own life so that they feel secure in themselves. So what the toxic personality is going to do is they're going to strategically place people in their lives that feed them with the things that they need to feel secure. And the things that they need to feel secure are things like the feeling of power, the feeling of control, a constant steady supply of attention. They need a lot of admiration. Look at me, look at what I've done. Look at what I have. So if the person that you're concerned about is in the life of a toxic person, your loved one or the person that you're trying to support is feeding the toxic person with the feelings of control, power, attention, and admiration so that the toxic person feels secure. Now you look at them and go, how did you ever get into this? Why did you marry them? 
Why did you, why didn't you leave earlier? And, and from your perspective, we picked these toxic people to be in our life. And the truth is we didn't pick them. Toxic people strategically pick the people that will give them what they need. So I'm going to tell you right now that the person that you're trying to support within one of these types of relationships is probably described as a good, kind, caring, loving, conflict avoider, supporter, fixer, helper. Okay, if you're a personality that is seeking control, power, attention, admiration, you are going to target the good, kind, caring, loving, fixer, supporter, conflict avoider, peacekeeper. So even though you look at the person that you're worried about and you say, how come you ever married them? Or I don't know why you're even dating them. Or I don't why I don't know why you let this friendship continue. Okay. And and you assume that we have chosen to have these people in our lives. And that's not exactly how it works. The toxic person has targeted us and then made it very difficult for us to leave. The other thing about the toxic relationship is in the beginning of most toxic relationships, it is perceived that the goals in the relationship are the same, right? We step into situations and relationships for companionship and partnership, maybe intimacy, emotional support, you know, bonds. In the beginning, the toxic person is going to basically lead you to believe, lead us to believe that their goal is exactly the same. So we head down the relationship road thinking our goals are the same. And at the end of the day, the toxic personality's goal is completely different. They need the feeling of self-security or they wouldn't be in that relationship. But they can't tell us that in the beginning. They have to pretend they want the same thing as us in order to get us close enough to them so they can get what they need. By the time we're close enough to them, we've already been very sucked in and we're already very confused. The other thing about a toxic personality is a toxic personality is emotionally abusive. Okay, what emotional abuse is, is when someone uses our emotions to get what they need. So they will say and do things to make us happy, to make us excited, to make us sad, to make us upset, to make us frustrated, to make us feel guilty. If they can say or do something that elicits an emotional reaction out of us, they feel in control, which makes them feel secure. Now, this is a very slow drip. In the beginning, we don't even realize that that's what's happening. But because it's a relationship and we are good, kind, caring, loving, peacekeeper, conflict avoiders, we're going to kind of go along with giving them emotional reactions to avoid conflict for acceptance from them so that we don't disappoint them. And, and as this slow drip continues, we start really becoming dependent on them for our emotions. This emotional abuse factor carries a lot of weight with it. And one of the things that I can, I can tell you is, um, there's a, there's a podcast episode called The Stick Fetcher, okay? I reran it on July 13 of 2021 if you want to know more about this topic. But when we teach a dog to fetch sticks, it's by repetition and reprimand. 
we throw the stick, the dog doesn't get it, we go get the stick, we bring the dog back, we throw it again until the dog figures out, he throws the stick, I go get it, I bring it back and I get a reward. Okay, but after the dog learns to throw the stick, he doesn't care who's throwing the stick. Every time a stick gets thrown, he runs and gets us gets it because he's been conditioned to go get that stick. The emotional abuse is no different. When someone says or does something to, um, to elicit an emotional reaction, we give them one. They say something mean or they criticize. We get upset and we cry. They've done something to control the reaction we give them, which makes them feel secure. The other thing with the emotional abuse is many of you that are trying to support people might have noticed that they are communicating with you less and less. Okay, this is a tactic that the toxic person uses to become more and more emotionally controlling over the person that you're trying to support. Anybody who brings them emotional support or brings them joy or brings them happiness, it could be friends, it could be family, it could be hobbies, if something else is bringing emotional support into our life, it is a threat to us becoming dependent on them for all of our emotional needs. So they're going to make it very difficult for us to reach out to people for help because they want our attention and they want to be able to be in control of our emotions. They're the ones that want to make us happy when they want us to be happy. They're the ones that want to make us sad when we want to be sad. They're the ones that want to make us feel guilty when they want us to feel guilty so that they ultimately get to feel that control. So in isolation, they're going to say things like, your family doesn't like me, or I don't like your family, or I don't know why you have to spend so much time with those friends, or don't you think the gym takes up way, way too much time, or this side job that you're doing hobby or whatever it is, it's just taking time and it's taking energy and it's wasting money. Okay. We as conflict avoiders would rather have conflict with the people that we know love us than to have to have conflict for, with the toxic person. So we begin cutting you out of our life. We eventually stop seeing you and we just talk on the phone. But then eventually when we're on the phone with you, the toxic person needs something. So as time goes by, now we don't even talk to you because it's easier for us to have cut you out so that we don't have to have conflict with the toxic person. And when we do that, the toxic person is, is getting us to be more and more dependent because if they have taken out every form of emotional support we have, they're the only ones we have left. And ultimately they're in control of our emotions. If you want to know more about isolation, there is a podcast episode on isolation and it was done June 16 of 2021, I believe. Because of this dependence on them for our emotional needs, it's very difficult for us to leave because we are no longer in control of our emotions. That is a term that people, people use. It's called a trauma bond. Even when we leave, we feel like we're lonely and we miss the toxic person because the toxic person was the one telling us how to feel, making us have emotional reactions. And we don't know how to be back in control of our emotions if we leave them. So if you wanted 
learn more about the trauma bond, there is an episode on that. It was done on August 11 of 2020. And I'm giving you these episodes. You can go to the link in my podcast and just scroll to that date. And that's the podcast. Um, there's another thing that happens in these type of relationships. And you notice it when you're looking at the person that you're worried about. I call it toxic identity theft. We are no longer allowed to have our own identity when we are in relationships like this. We have to assume the identity that the toxic person wants us to have. Because they take our family away, because they take our friends away, because they take our hobbies away, because they take all of our attention and all of our time so that we can try and stay one step ahead of what they're gonna do and what they're gonna say next so we can avoid conflict. So we don't have the time to pay attention to what we want in our life. We don't have the time or energy to think how we wanna wear our hair. We don't have really the time or energy to decide if we have dreams that we wanna chase. All of our time and energy goes on paying attention to the toxic person so we can keep the peace the best we can. And I remember one day looking in the mirror, my hair was not the color I wanted it. I had bags under my eyes. I was skinny as a rail. I was not smiling at all. I hardly talked. I never laughed. And I remember looking in the mirror going, I have no idea who you are. Because what we tend to do is we, we base our identity off the people who are around us. When our spouse is there, we're a, we're a spouse. When our kids are there, we're a parent. When our parents are there, we're a kid. When our friends are there, we're a friend. And when we're at work, we're an employee. So when you dump us in a room by ourselves, we can't function because we don't know who we are. We can't make our own decisions because we've given up our decision-making ability to someone else so that we don't cause conflict with our decisions. There's a podcast episode about toxic identity theft, August 19 of 2020. The other thing that, that you notice, maybe you don't notice it, but the other thing that we are dealing with within these relationships is we are living with two different people, which to us is very confusing. Because the toxic person needs attention and admiration, you from the outside as a supporter will oftentimes see a very nice person. They'll do anything for anybody. They're so nice. All you got to do is ask them. But the person that we are living with or the person that we are working with or the person that we are trying to sustain a friendship with that is toxic for us is a completely different person behind closed doors. But because they show their best behavior to the public, when we try to explain what's going on from our side of that relationship, it makes us look like we are crazy because nobody else sees that. The people who are supplying the power and control to them are the only ones that see it. So it's a public face and a private face. So when you're trying to support and we're trying to tell you what's going on, it's hard for you to believe that one, we actually allow it, and two, that this nice person that presents themselves so great in public would actually flip a switch when they closed the door and went home. It makes it very difficult for us to explain to people what's really going on. 
because a lot of times we get a reaction that you don't believe us. If this is a family, if this is an intimate relationship, you will notice there's a lot of tension around the holidays. Okay. You don't understand that holidays are supposed to be fun. So why do holidays stress the person that you're trying to support out so badly? Holidays, family events, birthdays, special occasions, achievements, things that you're celebrating takes the attention off of the toxic person. So you will see them pick a fight. You will see them be late. You will see them not show up. You will see the person that you're trying to support show up with puffy eyes because they've been crying. Holidays and special occasions bring on so much stress for those who are living within toxic relationships. I did not even want the holidays to show up. And for those of you who are just listening for the first time because somebody has forwarded you this episode, I was in it for almost 14 years. I absolutely hated the holidays. I hated my birthday. I hated Mother's Day. Those were the most toxic, abusive days that I had to live through. So if you see the changes around those times, the toxic person is wanting the attention. They don't care if it's positive or negative attention, but it makes it very difficult on the person that you're concerned about. Now, why don't we leave? Okay, the number one reason we don't leave is fear. Okay, it is not always necessarily fear for our physical safety. It's fear of disappointing them, fear of upsetting them, fear of their reaction if we leave. The toxic personality is very unpredictable and very inconsistent. And the reason they're unpredictable and the reason they're inconsistent is because both of those things keep people's attention on them. So when we try to make a decision to make a change in the dynamic of the relationship, we are scared of what is going to happen because of that unpredictability. They also make sure that we know we will never make it outside of this relationship. Nobody is ever going to love us. You know, we will, we can't financially do it. If we leave them, they are not going to allow us to have anything. They are going to take everything away from us, including the kids. So when we think about leaving and they've made threats like that, it's much easier for us to stay in what's familiar, even if it's bad, than stepping into something we don't know and we're unsure if we're going to be okay. There's an episode, another episode on fear in my podcast. If you want more information on the fear that we feel within a toxic relationship, it was done on August 16 of 2019. You also may hear us talk about triggers. Okay. So, so you've been dealing with somebody who has already removed themselves from a toxic situation and they don't seem to be doing a lot better and they still have very high anxiety and they're still nervous all the time and they have a pain in their stomach and you look at them and think, yeah, but you're out, move on with your life. You know, what's the big deal now? That relationship is over. Because of this slow drip that I talked about, this slow digging their claws in to control our emotions and to control us so that they feel secure, our body knows where it's safe and our body knows where it's not safe. So when something resembles something that 
happened within that relationship. It could be something that looks similar. It could be something that smells similar. It could be something that sounds similar. It could be the way somebody behaves. Your body has been so trained to be ready to take care of yourself, to be ready to be in survival mode, to be ready to fix something that triggers are stimulating your body's memory response and your body goes, you're not safe. The example of a trigger I like to use is they could be out of the relationship and we're shopping and all of a sudden we have this overwhelming feeling of anxiety and a pain in our stomach and we don't know what just caused it. And then we realize the person that just walked past us in the grocery aisle is wearing the same cologne that our toxic person did. Okay, your body is so used to reacting, it doesn't know if that cologne is the toxic person or if that cologne is somebody who's safe. And so what your body does is it tenses up and it reacts exactly like it reacted when we were, when we were in the toxic environment. And I always say, if I could take one thing away for my clients, I would take the triggers. I have been out of my toxic relationship for 14 years. I am happily remarried and I still have triggers. And he has done his best to understand what I came out of, but he still doesn't understand the triggers. He thinks, yes, but there's this been this long length of time. Why is this still bothering you? I can't control a trigger. It's my body going, be careful, something's not safe because something has reminded my body of something that happened when I was living in that traumatic situation. So what should you do to support them? Okay, I don't have all the answers for this because again, I know you haven't been through it, but I can tell you a few things not to do. Don't repetitively tell them to leave. They already know you want them to leave. They want to leave. They want to change it. They don't want to stay there. Yes, many of us are in love with our abusers. Okay. They may be the father of your children. They may be the mother of your children. They may be a family member. That's an un that's that's an unconditional love type of situation. So don't tell them to leave because one, they're going to feel like they disappoint. They are disappointing you if they don't, which just adds to the ridicule and the low self-worth that they already have. I remember when I was in my former relationship and people would say something like, well, if it's really that bad, why don't you leave? And I remember thinking, oh, you know what? That is a great idea. I haven't thought about that, but every single day for the last 12 years. We think about it all the time. We want to change it. We just are stuck and don't know how. And normally we're stuck in fear. Don't tell them a phrase that sounds like just one day at a time. Okay, these people are in survival mode. All we are doing when we are in these toxic relationships is trying to get from one day to the next. We've, we've been doing one day at a time literally for years. So when you say one day at a time, we already know that. We can't worry about Wednesday when it's Tuesday because our job on Tuesday 
is to make it through Tuesday. And then when Wednesday shows up, we can't remember what happened on Tuesday because we don't have time for what happened on Tuesday because now it's Wednesday and we have to get through Wednesday. We are in survival mode. It's one day at a time every single day. Don't say something like, well, you know, relationships are work. Okay, relationships are work. Healthy relationships are work. But I promise you that someone in a toxic relationship is already working 75 times harder than they would ever have to work if they were in a healthy relationship. But when we have this thought of relationships are work, we immediately once again feel like we're not doing a good enough job. Don't say if you go back or if you stay, we're no longer gonna support you. We've been supporting you long enough. You're not making any changes. We can't do it anymore. Don't say that. Because of the isolation factor, we already feel and we already know that we have distanced from you. But we also know that you are the only ones that unconditionally love us. So regardless if we have a lot of contact with you or we don't have a lot of contact with you, we are relying on you to be our supporters. And when you say something like, we can't do it anymore, that pushes us closer to being more and more dependent yet on the toxic person. Because now, if we would change something, we don't have you anymore either. I think one of the things that you have to realize is, I, I had to realize it, and my parents and my friends had to realize it, we are not going to leave until we are ready to leave. I went back seven times. And the reason I would leave is because someone told me they thought it was bad and I should leave. Or, you know, you shouldn't be raising your kids in that environment, you should leave. But I went back because I wasn't ready to leave. And the reason I wasn't ready is I didn't understand the situation like I understand it now. When they're nice on Tuesday and you have a great day and then they're mean on Wednesday, you just wait for the next Tuesday good day to show up. So it's very, very confusing. And sometimes we look back and think, oh, it's probably really not that bad. So until you have the education behind you to understand the situation, we're not going to leave. We are so busy just getting from one day to the next, keeping them happy and not making them upset that we, we don't have a lot of time to do the education and to dig into what we need to learn in order to understand it. So if you really want to help and you really truly want to be a supporter, I encourage you to learn everything you can about the dynamic of a toxic or emotionally abusive relationship. It is the emotional ties that keep us there. Try to understand it. This is what I teach. I, I did not start looking at this until I was already removed from the situation. I remember sitting in that relationship going, you know, I feel like I'm a good person. Like, I don't understand what I did to deserve this. But that's about as long as I could think about it because then, you know, it was total chaos. Toxic relationships are very chaotic. There's always drama going on. Part of that, the toxic person does that to keep your attention on them, to keep your attention off of yourself and the things that you want to do with your life. Let them know that you, you are going to support them whenever they are ready. Because 
you know, it might be next week that they change something. It might not be for two years because they're not going to go until they're ready to go. You know, leaving my toxic relationship was the number one hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And my, my story is ridiculous. Everybody's story is ridiculous. I was divorced for two years before I finally ran away because it wasn't about the relationship. He didn't care if I had divorce papers in my hand. It was about him still being able to control me, still made him feel secure, had nothing to do with the relationship. This is why I do what I do. You know, I've been through it. And, and, and looking back, mine was, mine was very extreme. I didn't know that when I was in it because it happened every day. It was like a room that I walked into that smelled. I stayed in the room and the smell went away. I got so used to the bad treatment and the bad behaviors and the, the toxicity and the jumping through hoops. It was my day-to-day -day life. So when somebody would say something like, you know, you really should leave. I would think, well, this is how it is every day. This is, this is our normal. This is, this is what my kids see all the time. So to me, I had been desensitized so much to the abnormal behavior that I didn't even realize how bad it was until I got out. My mission in doing what I do is to be who I needed when I was going through it. The people who use me one-on-one -on -one basically have Dr. Heidi in their back pocket. They need guidance from someone who understands. And I'm, I'm not the only person that does this. There's great, there's other great coaches and mentors and therapists out there, but you have to quit looking at it as there is something wrong with them. Okay, there is nothing wrong with the people that you are trying to support. This is something that happened to them. And, and because it's slow drip and because they've lost themselves so slowly and because now they're fearful and they're worried about the repercussions if they try to make a change, it's easier for them to stay in what's familiar than for them to step out into the unknown. So you as a supporter have to realize they need the education that is going to lead them to the understanding. You have to start looking at the relationship from a different perspective, from a different perspective than just what, they're, what the toxic person is saying and what the toxic person is doing. It's what is motivating the behavior. And when you start on a day-to-day -day basis asking, okay, this is what they said, but what motivated it? And this is what they did, but what motivated it? You start realizing they don't change their playbook. They use the same playbook. And, and when I work with clients, I make sure that they understand the dynamic that motivates the toxic person because it takes all of that cloudy, fuzzy, emotional confusion out and turns it into very logical. Logically, these people that you're trying to support know that this relationship is not healthy. But as soon as their emotions get involved, it clouds their logic. They're trying to learn. They're doing their best. They're surviving. They're already beaten down. Their self-confidence is gone. They feel like they're not worth anything better. So if you're going to be the supporter that you, that you truly feel like you can be, learn everything you can about this. And if you have questions for me, I work with people who are being support systems as well. It's very difficult 
to be a support system for somebody who has been in a longstanding toxic relationship because your tendency is to give up on them. They're too weak to do it. They have no backbone. They have no boundaries. I don't know what else to do. Understand the relationship for what it is and you will be a much better support system for them. Hey, I'm Rachel. I found Dr. Heidi's podcast when I needed it most as I was leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. Dr. Heidi validated my experience, made me feel less alone, and helped me start the healing that I could not have done alone. Dr. Heidi is now offering an exclusive members-only podcast where you can submit your questions, listen to others going through similar struggles, and hear Dr. Heidi's never-before-shared personal story. To learn more, go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com. Join her members-only podcast. It's only $15 a month to get two bonus episodes every week, plus the chance to ask your questions to Dr. Heidi. Go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com.